The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Jonesy and Brown. My name is John Brown. By my side is my partner, my my, my sidekick. Well, all right, no, he's not. He, I mean, he's like the host. I mean, like his name is first. So you know, it, 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 I wasn't going to say that. Yeah, I, I, I will talk real real quick. Shout out to my man Shalico because he uh, he's a guy I went to college with. He watched the podcast for like the first time like maybe two, three weeks ago. And the first thing he hits me up is, who the hell is Mike Jones? And why is his name first? Darn it, it should be Brown. It should, I'm like, dude, it just flows like that. I, I I like the way it sounded. It was like Jonesy and Brown. He's like, no, man, it should be Brown and Jonesy. And I'm like, you know, I mean, may, maybe. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like our, we we already paid for the logo. So it's, it, it is what it is, man. I, I ain't got money to be changing things like that. But ladies and gentlemen, Mike Jones, also here, the the the, the soon to be married man. This man's got like 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 two months left. He it's almost the the, the big day is almost here. Mister Javon offered from DK Nation, from Total Sports Live, from Fox Sports, the Gambler. The man's all over the place, okay. and he's a, and he's about to get married. Javon offered, welcome to the show. Welcome back, my brother. Hey, appreciate y'all having me on. I'm glad to be back uh, on. I think when was the last time? Last time had to be what during the season? I think. Yeah, during the season. Yeah, it's, it's, where it's, things, yeah, where you, things are going completely wrong. Yeah, and completely bad and just downhill and. Yeah, yeah. Since since then, since we had that show, we had Javon on for the show, and it was it pretty much turned into a Eagles uh, gripe session, where we just yep. sat and, and complained about the Eagles. Since then, the coach that we complained about got fired. The quarterback that we complained about got traded. Mm-hmm. And the GM that we complained about re- uh, replaced all of those guys. Yep. So only time will tell what the job that he has done. But we are here. It's the NFL draft, uh, round one in the books. Uh, I want to start with the both of you. Uh, pretty much your thoughts did – did it go as planned? Uh, Javon, I know you had a mock draft. You put out a mock draft right before uh, the draft started, maybe a day or two before the draft started. What, As it went, what, what were, were, were the surprises? Were, you know, did it go as you thought it would? Tell me your thoughts. I mean, I didn't – for the mo- for the most part, it's weird to say for the most part, mm-hmm. then for the entire draft, I actually thought – I didn't have really a lot of gripes with a lot of teams does, which is surprising. Because mm-hmm. usually there's like every draft you want, we all watch, there's always like this – like there's like three or four or five pictures you're sitting there just like, what? Like yeah. what is this yeah. team thinking? Like yeah, the old, why would you do such a thing? The old Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it was totally Mac Jones at number three, but thankfully mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But um, for the – but for the Eagles, I would say, I I would say that it it, it went the plan because obviously you were thinking when they moved down from six to twelve, you're thinking all right they're going to possibly get one of the wide receivers and maybe they'll have Parsons there 
which I know you really wanted, mm-hmm. and a couple of the, and maybe one or both of the cornerbacks. But who knew that the Carolina Panthers were going to take the cornerback mm-hmm. in J.C. Horn, which I think kind of threw everybody for the loop, and then Dow, and then Denver takes Patrick Sertan, which was in retrospect a smart move, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you might, but you might need a quarterback. So then when you get to the eat, when you get down to what I think, what we're at ten at that point, you're thinking, okay, what? is what is about to happen what's about to take place who's about to do what cowboys straight back eagles come up and you're like there have to this only has to be for one player one player only you're not you're not going to move back you're not going to you're not going to move or anything if it's for micah parsons like you're mm-hmm. fine because you know you're probably going to get him unless because we see what the giants ultimately did when they moved back so for them getting Devonte smith at number 10 i think was the best case scenario i think if you're mm-hmm. You know, if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably thankful that Howie Roseman didn't screw it up because mm-hmm. there was like this major possibility mm-hmm. where you're just seeing like trade rumors and stuff. You're like, the Eagles are really in love with Quiddy Pay from Michigan. And you're just like, no, no, we can't can't do another edge rusher from Michigan, mm-hmm. even though Brandon Graham pan, panned out perfectly fine. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you didn't want to you after, didn't, you after, didn't wanna... after a couple of years that turned out to be an RA pick, but we were you know, there there was some time. <laughs> There, where, there were a couple. There were a couple of. There were a couple of seasons when you were looking at Brandon Graham and you were like, mm. uh, yeah, the same, the same reaction y'all got. I gotta call a timeout. Uh-huh. Knowing what you know about Brandon Graham right now, mm-hmm. doing it all over again, you think he's worth the first round pick? <laughs> I, here, here's the problem. I I feel like just in the question that you asked, the way that you asked, knowing what we know now, mm-hmm. do you think he's worth the first round? I pick? think because somebody the, just said the pick panned out, so that means he was worth the pick. Yeah, I'm, I I think I, when you look at the would full, you draft Brandon Graham in the first round, knowing you're going to get what you got out of him? Well, knowing that I, there'd be a couple of seasons when I'm sitting there like I don't know. I mean, that's what you got out of yeah, it. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. First I, I think I, I you think I, it all. when you No, with the with the question that you asked, then my answer would be yes. Yes. Then I I would. Because of I mean, now, you know, hindsight is 2020. Mhm. There would have been a couple of times, you know, had you would asked me that question, you know, 4, 5, 6 years ago, and I'd have been like, "No, you know, they they're crazy. This dude was a bust." But okay. But I th- I think honestly, you know, when you look at you know, and and for us where we have been so critical of the front office and how they've drafted, you look at Brandon Graham as he's he's the example a lot of people would use for being patient. Now, okay, so you know, the patience no, is worn thin with a couple other hold people. Because let's talk about this. Because we okay. can talk about the value of a first round pick. You just said there were what four, five, six years where you were like, eh, "No, I said four, five, six years ago." I was, you know, I was like, okay. "There, there might have been about years, two, man, two. How many years has he been in the league? Mm, he's like a seasoned vet now, you know, Brandon yeah. Graham. In, in NFL years, Brandon Graham is like seventy years old. But because uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have his career. No, no, he's not a youngster anymore. And, I, and and honestly, I think now you know, like like to the to the question that you asked, would I spend a first round draft pick on him now? My, well, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. drafting a 
32-year-old dude, but, you know, it's like, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying, no getting, you get his whole, you use a first-round pick, you get his whole career. Get his whole career, yes. The I, good, I, the bad. The good, the, yes, yes, the good, yes, because in the end, I, I, I think he played, he played well enough now, you know, hindsight being 2020, ret, you know, retro of his whole career. Mm-hmm. I think the good outweighed the bad. And now I'm sitting here now, and it's easy for me to say now in 2021 to say, "Hey, man, you know, Brandon right. Graham prepared pra- out thing. all right." I'm not saying the good didn't outweigh the bad. Mm-hmm. What I'm asking is, did the good outweigh the bad enough to be first round pick worthy? Yes. If you're asking me for I, my opinion, second, yes. A second, third round pick, I expect guys to eventually develop into starters mm-hmm. after three, four years in the league, mm-hmm. which which is what I got out of Brandon Graham. Would you consider Brandon Graham a difference maker? Not particularly. Mm. <laughs> he's he's been a difference maker in some games. All right, see that's the po- no, 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 no. point. He's had some hot stretches. Like last, like a couple seasons ago, last season maybe he started out the year on a tear, and then by the end of the year, he didn't have a, a sack the last six, seven games or something. Mm-hmm. It. I, I, look, that's sorry. That's Javon. That's, you look like you're itching to say something over there. Oh no, no, I'm I'm, I'm just listening <laughs> to the conversation. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. All right, look. First of all, that's 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 a conversation for another. We could have the retrospect <laughs> on Brandon Graham. We brought Javon Alford in here to talk about the 2021 NFL Draft. You said n- not a lot, not a lot of surprises. Uh, three quarterbacks off the uh, off the list first. You had Trevor Lawrence. You had Zach Wilson. You had Trey Lance. Not even Trey Lance was a surprise to you. Is that what you're saying? I mean, I mean, I'm and Trey Lance is not my cup of tea, just mm-hmm. based off of the small sample size that we have of him. But it wasn't a surprise to see him go where he went because mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be between him and Mac Jones. But yeah, I never thought it was going to be Mac Jones because Mac Jones is basically what you got in Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. and that doesn't take you to that next level. You need a quarterback with the mobility, with the athleticism to make that play action game a little bit more believable mm-hmm. <laughs> with a much better arm than you got to stand still guys. They can't really bring that different dynamic to the offense. So that didn't, that honestly mm-hmm. didn't surprise me either at all. Okay. Oh, oh, what did you think about Justin Fields? Cause he was a guy not, oh, rather than Mac Jones. I thought San Francisco might've been considered. Yes. Three. I, I honestly, that's where I wanted them. That's where I wanted them to go because you see what, he was able to do with the weapons that he has. And we already know the wide receivers that have came out of Ohio State the last few years and just mm-hmm. this season what he's had. And then you take him and his athleticism and his ability to move on the run, to be that plus one in the run game. And you already know they got Debo, they got Brandon Ayuk, they got a running game. I mean, it was almost like a tailor-made fit, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that would have been perfect. And But to ultimately see him – Thankfully, he didn't slide too far because that's what my fear was, that he was going to start sliding down the board. When, when I saw him available at 10, my mind started spinning. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback factory started going through your mind like, exactly. going to do it. Uh, <laughs> now, but you, you raise a, a good point because you and I kind of talked about it in our preparation for the draft. You know, the, the, the two sports minds that I go to during the week, when I need to vent, when I have a question, are the two men on this podcast with me today? And we talked about the draft. We talked about Howie going to Howie. 
and was how are we going to find a way to somehow screw up this draft? And I feel like in in the preparation, in the conversations that we've had about the draft, you know, we, we talked about how high the Eagles were picking. When it started out, they were sixth. They moved down to 12th. They moved back up to 10th. And the, the general consensus is picking that high, you're pretty much, you know, chances are you're going to get a guy who will be a difference maker. You know, and especially at six, you move down to 12, you might have to do some digging. There, 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 there's a chance you might, you know, you might screw up, but there's still, you know, chances are still high. You know, 10, you're a little bit better than than 12. But for the most part, you're going to get a guy who will be a difference maker. And I've talked to you and I've said, I need the person they get at the top of this, uh, at the top of this. Uh, at the top of this draft to be a difference maker, a day one starter. I don't want no, I don't want no projects. I don't want somebody who's going to come in and play behind somebody who's already here. I need a guy that's going to be on, on week one. When you announce the starters, their name is going to be called. And that, and that's what they got. But the fact of the matter is you, you look at this draft history, you know, Devonte Smith is easily, the best draft pick they've, the best first round draft pick they've they've made since Carson Wentz. You look at their, you look at that history, and, but the, the that that being said, they've had first round picks. You know, there there was a chance in the back of your mind. You're like, you know, how he's going to screw this up? How he's going to Howie? They're gonna pick some. They're gonna pick some guy, and I know the first thing I'm gonna do is text Mike and text Javon, and the first thing I'm gonna say is who. <laughs> I'm I, mean, I, to- I told you guys before the draft that I was scared how he was gonna, how he was gonna Howie. I believe mm-hmm. is how I put it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting up here with my tablet in my hand. Tablet is right here in my hand, and I got, uh, em- I-, I got Emory Hunt's. Game, uh, football game, uh, game plan, draft guide, and I just knew that I was just gonna have to be scouring through the seven hundred pages to find whoever this guy was that they uh that they drafted. There was a chance that was gonna happen. There was a chance it was gonna be some you know some some stretch, like they like you know they they're gonna come in here and they're gonna pick the next the next Fletcher Cox, which is cool. All right, I understand, but you still got Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, they're gonna come in and they're gonna draft. They're they're, they're gonna draft the the the, the next Jason, you know, the next Jason Kelsey, which is cool. But they got a Jason, you know. I need some. I need I need a day one starter. I need somebody who's there. I need somebody who, who can who, who can come in and start. So you know that being said, they they got that guy. But there was you know in the back of your mind, you know, like how he's gonna screw this up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we definitely. I was <laughs> nervous. I don't know, mm. but um, Javon, I know we got you for a limited amount of time today. Mm. So before we get out of here, let, let me go. Let me go here with you. Um, mm-hmm. I said to JB before that when Wentz was traded, mm-hmm. that I felt like that almost gave Howie a little bit extra wiggle room 
as far as this, like they're officially in a rebuild. So this is almost a throwaway year as far as wins and losses in the record. Mm -hmm. So where it almost like where people worry about is the GM on the hot seat, how seat got cooler because of the way this off season went. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my real concern was I don't want to see more of Howie outsmarting himself this outseat, right. or this offseason. Mm-hmm. How I I know I after the draft I said I felt okay with it. I it's, oh it, it's a whole I feel all right with how this offseason went. How how do you see the direction the Eagles are going at this point? I think they're, they're, it's it's weird. Like they're not doing like what everybody like like a rebuild like we see a lot of times in sports where they just tear it all up. They're getting rid of everybody, all the veterans. Like get them out the door, kick them out, get whatever you can in return for them. They're doing a halfway partial rebuild, but also trying to replenish it with talent and almost trying to keep up with the times of the NFL. Like you saw that kind of in last year's draft where they were getting a bunch of speed guys at a, at certain positions mm-hmm. because speed was the thing. They're going to get speed at wide receiver. They're going to get speed at linebacker with Davion Taylor. You know, they're going to get, you know, a guy in Kayvon Wallace. So you saw them kind of do that. Now Now it's time. Now now you see them get Devontae Smith, who they didn't out. Um, Like you said, he didn't outsmart themselves. I forgot what was the quote that Roseman said. Uh, it was something to the effect of just how they just didn't out, you know, they didn't outsmart mm-hmm. themselves. And he mm-hmm. was like – he made mention of the fact that they had reached on picks before, yep. mm-hmm. like almost leaning on the analytics and stuff too much. And right, and and that's a breath of fresh air to hear. It's like, oh, so now you get it. Like the light bulb kind of mm-hmm. goes off. Like, and, and and it happens in sports all the time. You guys see it in sports. It happens in baseball, basketball, football. Everybody leans on the analytics and the numbers, you know, because the analytics say to do this, the analytics say to do that, but. You gotta look at the film. You gotta look at what these guys do. Like you gotta look at the skills they bring to the table, and if they're if they're and if they're interchangeable and can add to it, then you know they'll be fine. So I don't think. And and then when you and then we also consider what this division is right now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even say like they're even rebuilding because they could literally get on a hot streak and and mm-hmm. and make a run. You just don't know. We don't know what Sirianni's gonna bring to the table. Um. It's, it's a lot of unknowns, but I think it's not like a bad unknown. Like, we oh have my. no idea what Hurts will look like in mm-hmm. year two with a right. actual yeah. NFL offseason. Right. So yeah. he he could be better. You know, Sirianni can pull a complete 180 mm-hmm. that Doug didn't do, where Doug didn't really want to run, run the ball. He says, hey, we're going to give Miles Sanders 18 to 20 carries mm-hmm. a game. Like, he's going to be a feature of your offense. And, you know, Jalen Rager maybe takes a breakout, has a breakout year because he's not the number one guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He's the number two. So I think it's a lot. It's a weird entry on with this team of what you what we might see. Mm-hmm. And I think whatever happens, the rest of the draft will kind of give us more of a direction on both sides what they want to do. Yeah, I, to to Jonesy's point, I feel like how he did how he did enough to earn himself some leeway to to yeah. say, hey, you know, like, I think there were a lot of people who were ready to pounce on him and ready to just give him all the smoke. But it, <laughs> it, it's like, okay. But, they were in draft. Yeah, yeah d- d- people were re- I, I, people were poised to, to do that. And I think, honestly, initially, when you see, when you see dra- uh, draft day trade with the Cowboys, Mm-hmm. People were, you know, pe- that that just primed the pump a little bit. People were like, oh, wait, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. 
He got fleeced. Yeah, And 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 you and and I think honestly, that's one of those things, and it's something like like Jonesy, you and I talk about where you, you see what something might feel like on the surface. On the surface, you're saying a a, a draft day trade with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but in essence, when you look at the entire you know the, the entire circle of work. You know they trade down. You know they 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 gain a they gain an extra pick by trading down. They then use that pick to trade back up when they see the guy that they want is there. And it's right. like you know the, the, the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, I understand it's the Cowboys, but they just a facilitator to get the guy that they wanted. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and get them from another division rival. Mm-hmm. There you well. go. Exactly. Because that, it, it all. Because then you look at who the the Giants take took. Mm-hmm. Later, and, it, and that told you what they were go- what they were looking mm-hmm. for, yep, who yep, they were targeting. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. And the Eagles fans would have been more sick because now it's like Cowboys get CD Lamb, and now you mm-hmm. got to face the Giants yeah, who exactly. has Devontae Smith. And I, and, mm-hmm. I, and 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 honestly, I, I feel like just the way the draft had played out. You know, you talked about uh, the cornerbacks that they might that they had their eye on going before their pick, and I think if you you trade down. You trade down from six, then you miss out on the DBs that were at the top of the draft. And then you see, you know, following the year that Dallas gets C.D. Lamb and the Giants get uh, Devontae Smith. And you don't, on the first day of the draft, you don't get better at DB? Yeah. You talk about, once again, Howie Roseman getting all the smoke. But now they they have they they uh, it's like I like the I like this new nu- this nucleus that they seem to be filled. You know, you got got Jalen Hurts, and it's like, look, man, he's the guy. You know, at some point in time, you got at some point in time, if you're a fan of a team, you have to accept that this is the guy that's on the team, and you want to see where he at. And like, I I was a Carson Wentz guy. But you know what? At some point in time, you know, it's like, yes, I was a Carson Wentz guy, but I'm still a Philadelphia Eagles guy. So I need to see, I need to see this Jalen. I, I need to see him play. You invested a second round pick in him. Yep. Yeah. At, least get, at least give him the year. Get yourself out from under this cap mess mm-hmm. you were in going into exactly. the offseason. As, as, and then with mm-hmm. all the assets you have next year, if need be, then right. you address the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. As, as much as I hate the phrase, we need to see what we have. That's that's where we are with Jalen Hurts. You and know, you got you got a running back, and you got a you, you got him a running back. Now he's got a uh, you, you got uh, he's got a wide receiver. Now let's try mm-hmm. and keep him upright. You know, let, let, I'll be completely honest. For me, if I'm looking to rebuild a team, mm-hmm. quarterback is the last piece I want to put in, not the first one. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. No, you're right. Yep. So let's go. Let's go ahead and see what Jalen Hurts can do in the meantime. Okay, Javon. Uh, Real quick, I think probably the big one of the biggest knocks on uh, Devontae Smith is his size. Mm-hmm. People saying he's he, he's six one. He's listed as six one. They say one hundred seventy five pounds. I've, I've heard one sixty. Mm-hmm. But how can you know? I know he's a speed guy. You know they call him the Slim Reaper. How concerned are you about his size? How 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 big of a concern are you about his size? 
I'm not concerned because we've seen players at his size do work. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Deshaun Jackson pretty much do work. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, Deshaun didn't for for how small Deshaun was, he didn't really have no crazy injuries except like muscle injuries, like hamstrings, things like that. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing he, he didn't like. Bro- like, I don't think he broke in like an ankle or like mm-hmm. have something like really serious Not until later in his career yeah. right exactly but early in his career he was he was pretty much healthy mm-hmm. so i'm not really worried about his size because i look at another wide receiver that a lot of people on draft draft twitter talks about and that's tutu atwell he's like what five nine like 140 something pounds soaking wet 150 soaking wet so mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. if, 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 if Devontae smith size is a concern then i'm then i'm scared for the team that takes tutu atwell because then they're gonna mm-hmm. be like the dude's like 150 149 like what can you do? But I'm not concerned about it. I mean, look at the conference he plays. Look at also exactly. look at the conference he plays in. He plays in SEC. That's a grown SEC. man's conference. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. NFL 2.0. Exact words mm-hmm. I was about to use. It's it's grown men playing defense in the SEC. Okay. And they tried to jam him and get physical all the time. Mm-hmm. So I expect Devontae Smith to be able to be productive. He's got quick feet, good agility, good explosiveness, yep. good hands. He runs great routes it's at this early of an age. If he's running routes this as well as he does already, I expect him to do nothing but get better. So I'm not worried about Devontae Smith at all. There you have it. <laughs> there you have it. I mean, right there, both of you said exactly what I was thinking. Because, honestly, usually when you see a player that small you, and you see – like, you look at his highlights – like, it's one thing, you know, you look at the games, you look at his highlights, and you see the type of moves he's able, you know, the way he's able to get open, the separation that he's able to get. And usually the 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 talk is, well, he's not going up against NFL-type defensive backs. You know, those aren't NFL-type uh, cornerbacks. Those aren't NFL-type safeties. But mm-hmm. when, you play in the, when you play in the SEC, that's about as close as you're going to get in in college you know you're talking about a guy who's going against lsu you know he's going against the georges who's you know teams going going against the auburns going you know all all those teams all you know every and he every week every week every week in the sec his team has nfl defenders and you're talking about you're talking about a senior and i think that's also something that you know that that also that, that that will play into it. You're talking about a senior. You're talking about somebody who's played in those trenches for four years. So mm-hmm. you know you that's you know that you know you you get a uh, a player who's played at that level in that type of conference. You're talking about you you know this is you didn't draft a play you didn't draft a college player you drafted a free agent. That's somebody you know. That's you know. Basically, that's you know. That's 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 a free agent. That's somebody who's played in a pro you know in a pro scheme against you know pro DBs for four years. So at at this point in time, you know you you expect him unless Sirianni just comes in you know unless Sirianni comes in and channels his inner Chip Kelly and just brings in a style that just befuddles everybody. He should be able to come in and get this. You know, he should be able to pick this up. This shouldn't be a problem. You see the look on my face, JB? I, I, I do see the why look do on I have, Why do I have this look? I know why you face. had to look, because I said that name. And I, and I won't, I won't, I, I'll, I will try not to say it again. I'm I'm sorry. And, and, at, and, and I feel bad because, you know, we're doing this show on a Friday. 
So I, I'm sending you into the weekend with with a memory of of that man. And I'm sorry. I apologize. But I, I I was hoping that the point that I made was good enough to to warrant a reference to that man. But I, I take it it's not. I, I'm gonna do my best to forget about it. Uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. So it never, it never happened. I I understand. I completely understand. All right. So before we let Javon go, real quick. So so far. You look at what uh, you look at the draft. You give the Eagles an A for the uh, for the Freeman pick. That's Freeman. I don't know why I want to keep calling him Devontae Freeman. <laughs> that that's <laughs> Devon. Look, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an Eagles first round pick if I wasn't getting his name wrong. You can go through all of these. You can go through all these podcasts. Every every Eagles, every NFL draft podcast I've done with these two other gentlemen, and you'll hear me getting somebody's name wrong. But anyway, you like the you like the Smith pick, Micah Parsons to uh, Micah Parsons to Dallas, which just adds to the long line. Dallas is getting Dallas is watching uh, Sean Lee leave. They're bringing in Micah Parsons to just force me to hate another Penn State guy and I don't want that I don't want to which will make me hate the Dallas Cowboys even more because now I, I love Michael Parsons at Penn State I will now hate Michael Parsons in uh, in Dallas uh what do you what do you think of that pick they needed they needed DBs they got an uh they got a middle linebacker I mean can't again they're in the best they're in the situation taking best player available there's no certain there's no horn there mm-hmm. he didn't need a wide receiver Kyle Pitts wasn't there so you take your linebacker because your linebacking core really is suspect <laughs> like mm-hmm. people don't want to say it. it's suspect you know Jalen Smith hasn't really turned out to be that guy LVE was hurt and then Sean Lee is now gone so you needed somebody there and hopefully you would think that they would do the right thing and get some DBs mm-hmm. in the next round because they were, let's just say people criticize the Eagles secondary when the Cowboys are just as worse and they mm-hmm. had starters on the field. So I hear you. I hear you. Giants get uh Kadarius Tony inside linebacker. what do you think of that? No, Kadarius Tony. I thought that was, a, again, they were targeting Devontae Smith. So they go with a guy and Tony that you, he's a playmaker. You know, a lot of people talk about, Kyle Pitts and the way he played last season. Tony played a big part in that uh, Florida offense. So he's a guy where you just need to get the ball in his hands and he'll make plays out in the open field. He's explosive, you know, yards after the catch, you know, do those things and you'll be good. So another smart pick by Gettleman for moving back. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Washington football team gets Davis from the linebacker from Kentucky. Confusion, a little surprising of a pick just because I thought there were better linebackers possibly that they could have waited, that they could have took or even waited on. A lot of people thought that they probably could have addressed the offensive line because there were some tackles out there like Christian Derrishaw out of Virginia Tech. Davis was a guy that I think a lot of people on draft Twitter started to talk about like mm-hmm. as the week started leading up to because of his like insane pro day and his speed. And it was just like, we need him. They need, you know, somebody's going to take him just because of his athleticism and his abilities. Mm-hmm. So they take him to add to that defense, which is already pretty solid. Now, how does Washington kind of replenish that secondary, especially at cornerback with them losing Ronald Darby? That's going to be, you know, the question for him. All right. Uh, outside of the NFC East, Mac Jones goes to New England. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, touched on it earlier. What is your thoughts? Mac. 
You got Mac Jones coming in. You still have Cam Newton. How, do, in your opinion, does Mac Jones push Cam Newton out this year? Does he sit or does he come in and he takes a firm grip of the clipboard? Clipboard. I think clipboard for for right now. I think think Belichick kind of owes it to Cam and, and vice versa to at least see this out for at least half of the season mm-hmm. with a full off season with everything, you know, with better weapons. Because <laughs> let's mm-hmm. be real, Cam didn't have the greatest of weapons at wide receiver last season. He was making it work with Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. Mm-hmm. So he got better weapons. He got actually two solid tight ends and Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. So got to give him at least half the season. Now, if things fall off the side of the cliff by the bye week or by week eight or nine, then, yeah, then then Mac Jones will probably be it. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, five, uh, five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, of those five, who do you see having that uh, having the biggest impact? Out of the five, uh, that's a great question. Having the biggest impact, I know everybody's going to say Trevor Lawrence, but I need to see what Urban Meyer does with that does with Jacksonville first, mm-hmm. and we'll see how long he actually stays there. <laughs> number number two, um, I'm gonna, and this might sound, this might. Like obviously this might be the cliche answer to go with, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say um I'm gonna say Justin Fields. I think he's in a situation where he could play outside of Trevor Lawrence and outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think he's in a situation where he can absolutely play right away. Mm-hmm. Because we know Chicago said Andy they brought in Andy Dalton and Andy Dalton is supposed to be, you know, the QB one starting quarterback for this uh squad. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily I don't necessarily see that and if Dalton falls off if Dalton falls off the side of the cliff which is definitely possibly could happen um he'll be he'll be starting I mean we 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 saw how we saw how you know we saw how you know we we saw how good and bad you know he was Dalton was last season so Mm -hmm. they got they you hope that Chicago righted their wrongs with the Mitch Trubisky era and gets Justin Fields. So I think Fields, honestly, he's got the he's got the talent, and it's a and it's a crime that he fell that far the way he did. Yeah, falls falls to eleven, and there's 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 always that guy. There's there's that guy who falls mm-hmm. every season. You're you're you watch the draft and you see it, and you're trying to figure out who who it's going to be. I think I'm, I guess, it, may, maybe you saw it coming. I'm not I'm not quite sure. I guess I, I wasn't I wasn't sure how high people had Trey Lance on their draft board, right? Whereas I, I I guess maybe the surprise was Lance going before Fields because you're talking about uh, a North Dakota State guy going before you know the Ohio State guy who you, right. who you watched you know you're, you're you're talking about the guy you see on television every week. You know? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that definitely caught a lot of people by surprise because this is a guy in, you know, this is a guy in um in Lance who didn't really I think well he only had like seventeen career starts or something like that. Mm-hmm. He only pretty much played one season, so uh, I think for a lot of people they were like, hold on, how mm-hmm. can you take him over you know Justin Fields? And it seemed like there was just all these knocks about his game, like he can't do this or his mm-hmm. mechanics is wonky, X Y and Z. And sometimes, sometimes sports, you know, sometimes sports is so simple that you don't got to outsmart yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just take the smart thing and just do the right thing. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, look, man. Once again, it's always a pleasure to have Javon Alford on the show. 
all you know, always a pleasure. You know, you got an open invitation. And, you know, whenever you want to come on, come talk to us. If you ain't talking to, like, Sean Brace and all your friends over at uh at The Gambler oh, yeah. now. <laughs> I'm like, that. I, I, I'm hearing my man on the radio, and I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to have Javon on the show anymore. <laughs> never, never that. <laughs> you know, never I'm, that. Sitting there, I'm, I'm sitting that. over here watching, like, my man Sean Brace is like, hold up, man, how you – First, you know, and, and the thing is, Sean Brace is my guy. You know, that's 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 my homie. How is he digging into our guest pool to come in here? You know, that's you know, like that. You can't steal. How you gonna steal from us? We out here, you know, we out here grinding. We ain't got a ra- you know, we ain't got a whole radio station, you know. But he gonna take Javon from you know. I'm happy for Javon because he's getting you know he's getting that shine. Whole city gets to hear what I've known and what I've worked with now for three four years. You know, so I'm I'm cool with it, but still, you know, Sean, you Sean Brace is supposed to be my homie, man. That, I I don't know, man. But real quick before we go, let everyone know where they can hear you, where they can find you, where they can see your work, because it's you put out a good product, man, and people need to people need to uh, check that out. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So pretty much for like fantasy and like betting stuff, mm-hmm. uh, DK Nation uh, dot DraftKings dot com pretty much for all that uh, information and stuff if you want to you know read about you know you know daily fantasy dfs uh betting you know money line picks prop plays all that good stuff uh right there and then just for anything else outside of that philly sports you know totalsportslive.com total sports live podcast you know we'll eventually get back up and running a little on hiatus right now but we'll get back up and running hey man you just be like me and jonesy man first of all this is like the first time in like a long time, me and Jonesy did a po- podcast like two weeks in a row. <laughs> that's that's the best thing about that's the best thing about because, pod- it, it, because there's nothing really going on. Like yeah. really, like basketball season is like it's around, but it's not playoff time. So it's mm-hmm. not like all right, we can talk about like this playoff series. And baseball, it's like uh, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not quite sure how many people want to sit down and listen to me and Jonesy, you know, emphatically break down. That forty point win by the Sixers over the Hawks without Trey Young, <laughs> you know that, that 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 is what it is. But uh, yo, once again, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thank you, my friend. No problem, y'all. All right, and just a reminder to you guys: if you want, if you got something to say about anything that we say, hit us up social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at B-I-T-W Sports or at Jonesy and Brown and make sure you download this podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Just search Best in World Sports. You feeling this podcast? To hear this more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. I'm Brandon Graham from the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day during the COVID-19 pandemic, our frontline workers are out there serving us. Bus drivers and grocery clerks, sanitation workers, police, firefighters, and healthcare workers. They're taking care of us. Now let's take care of them. Wear a mask when you go outside. Protect yourself and protect others too. We can do this. Let's mask up, Philly. Help stop the spread. And now, a few thoughts from your boy Brown. I got a question for you guys. And I need some help. Hope somebody can hit me up and can answer this question. Do white people put their summer clothes away for the winter? I really want to know this. This is, this is a legitimate question. 
because anytime you see that temperature rise to almost 50 degrees you start seeing 47 48 49 you will go outside and see a white person with some shorts on and i gotta be honest with you i couldn't wear shorts this time of year if i wanted to all my shorts are in a box somewhere in my basement it'll probably take me the entire month of april just to find them i don't know where they are meanwhile white folks always seem to have shorts on deck they always do and they'll have the shorts on and the summertime clothes on when it's 50 degrees 55 degrees 57 degrees whatever let me keep it real with y'all anything under 62 degrees i'm still wearing my winter coat check out your boy brown during the workflow weekdays at 2 p.m on the grown folks groove phillygoflow.com The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. This is the Jonesy and Brown Show. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. Welcome to the show. Ready to talk some basketball? Are you ready to talk some Philly basketball, Mike Jones? Let's do it. All right, look. We I'm got always sp- ready to talk ball. You know that. We got a special guest on the show today. He is the man. He is one of the organizers of the upcoming Philly All-America game. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the coach of the Camden Monarchs. He is a log-top Philadelphia high school coach. Ladies and gentlemen, let's w- welcome Mr. Stan Laws to the show. Stan, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, man, glad glad you guys got me on tonight. Oh, man. Yeah, appreciate your time. We appreciate you coming on, chopping it up with us, talking some hoops. First of let's all, let's, all right, let, let's, let's start with the game itself. What is the Philly All-America game? Okay, well, the Philly All-American game is a game that was inspired by um, a situation that occurred with um, – a young lady by the name of Diamond Johnson. I don't know if you guys are familiar with her, but Diamond Johnson um, played at high school basketball at Newman Garetti High School. And I forget her actual rankings, but she was top, I'm going to say top six in America as the best young female um, student athlete um, in the country. And um, she was snubbed by the McDonald's All-American uh, Committee and she, she didn't get in the game. So um, someone called me and basically was like, Pray for this young lady because I don't know if y'all know I'm a men- I'm a minister as well. Okay. Um. So they okay. like call, you know pray for, her. and um. So I was up praying for her and just lifting her up in prayer, and um. I was inspired to um kind of do something, you know, to try to brighten her spirits, you know, and to lift her up and encourage her. And so um I found out when the next game was, and um I looked up the guy who ran it or hosted the event. It was the Scholastic Play by Play event by a guy named of Jeremy Treatment. He puts on um. Um, basketball showcases throughout the country. So I called him up and um, I said, hey, Jeremy, you know, you heard about what happened with Diamond. And um, I was wondering if I could do something nice for him. And he said, well, what you had in mind? I said, um, I want to go get a jersey made um, that says Philadelphia's All-American and, um, and put a number on it and get some T-shirts printed up and give it to a family or friends or teammates. And um he said, sure, come on. So I put the shirt in what they call like a shadow box. I don't know if when they retire mm-hmm. people jerseys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um, 
he gave me the mic. Let me speak a few words to her in the audience. And um, I basically said, listen, um, life, you're going to be, you're going to experience a lot of ups and downs. You're going to face a lot of challenges. Sometimes things ain't, isn't going to go your way. But if you just keep your head up and persevere through your adversity, everything will be all right. And although you may not be a McDonald's All-American, I want you to know that your Philadelphia is All-American. And that's, and that's that, first of all, that's dope. I applaud you for, <laughs> for, for making a move like that, for doing things like that. Now, I, I and I, I guess so, because so many people talk about the Philadelphia basketball, you know, and the Philadelphia basketball player, but a lot of times you hear about the men, you know, right. like on the men's side, you'll always hear about that Philly basketball player. There'll always be the stories about the Kyle Lowry's, you know, the, uh, the Morris twins, even all the way back to, you know, when we were younger, when it was Sheed, when it was, even when it was Kobe, you know, Alvin right. Williams, players like that, but not enough is said about, uh, the women. Not enough is said about girls basketball in, in Philly. So, like, like speak on the talent that is coming out of this area. The talent that the girls' talent that's coming out of Philly right now. Well, I mean, it's a lot of young, talented uh, young ladies, young women who is taking a step to the next level, um, which is collegiate basketball. And um, you're right; they don't get the notoriety, they don't get the publicity. Um, but um, it has a soft spot in my heart because. Um, for the past 18 years, I've been running Bible basketball camps in the, in the Philadelphia area. And um, a lot of young young girls come to my camp camps. And um, one of the things that made it special for me is my daughter, she played basketball. And so I used to call mm -hmm. my daughter my basketball Barbie, you know. <laughs> and um, she did some great things in, 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 at the collegiate level. You no, know, on a lower lower level, but nonetheless, some great things. Matter of fact, my daughter, Tamara Laws, is the um, – the single game rebounding leader in the history of women's basketball. Really? And okay. She grabbed 42 rebounds in a game. Oh, wow. And so a lot of people don't don't even know that. They could Google it, tomorrow laws, look it up. Mm -hmm. She's actually the sec the highest person is Wilt. He get mm -hmm. he, he grabbed 55 in a game. Mm -hmm. But her she did she was in junior college and she um averaged 21 points and 21 rebounds for the whole season. <laughs> Well, you could put your so, name up there with Wilt and anything. Well, you know, they did an article oh, there, there's, there's Wilt and, uh, and then there's yeah, your daughter. That's yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know that that little bit of trivia mm. um, that she's a single-game women's all-time rebounder at 42. And so um, because, because of things like that and what Diamond has done and what other young women are doing um, in the game of basketball, I decided to, you know, to incorporate women in, in some of the things that I do, you know, in terms of, you know, acknowledging them and letting the world know that we got some talented young women out here mm -hmm. doing some great things as well. And if you watch Diamond this past season, I mean, she had probably one of the best freshman campaigns um, ever. Now, where is she playing now? Where's Diamond playing now? She was at Rutgers University, where I believe she averaged about 17, 18 points a game nice. as nice. a freshman with a loaded team. Mm. Other talented stars on the team. She broke the starting lineup, I believe, like by her um third third or fourth game. That's she's coming right. off the bench. She just she just get buckets, man. Mm -hmm. So um, but I think she's transferring to um NC State. Okay. Okay. NC State. So she's going from she's the she's going from the frying pan to the fire. Are you like for real? That's she's going Big Ten to the ACC now. Yeah, yeah. With the, she now, got the talent, man. She got the talent. So 
and, I'm and, praying yeah. for, mm-hmm. and I'm praying for all these young ladies and young student athletes that they um be successful at the next level. And with the current the current rules and transfer rules as it is now, she doesn't even have to wait a year. Like she'll be able to play uh-huh. next year, right? Don't rain in the fire, like you said, man. Wow. Wow. Gotta get busy. All right, so there's gonna be a men's game and a women's game uh coming up on the sixteenth. Give me a little yes. bit give me a little bit more about the women who are playing in the game this year. <laughs> Well, we have um, a, a, a plethora of, of talented young ladies, mm-hmm. young women playing in this game. And um, um, it's about 22. 22. A lot of people don't know we originally started this game with the top or the area's um, most talented. Because right? mm-hmm. I'm going to say the best. Because mm-hmm. there's some people that are very talented that it isn't playing in these games. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to start with the top 20 girls that we felt were um, worthy. Um, student athletes worthy of participating in this game. And so um, we narrowed the list down. We had a lot of people, people still calling right to this day, mm-hmm. trying to get this game. I, I can't, I can't, I couldn't even imagine that this game would get to the magnitude and where it's at, at mm-hmm. currently. But we got a young lady by Amoye Jordan, um, Devea Chester, uh, a young lady by the name of Krista Ricks, Lex Brook, uh, Brooks, um, Zaire McNeil, Amani Corsi Beebe. Um, Anaja Brown, Zanaya Ross Barnes, um, Sierra Bermudez. I wanted to get that right. I'm trying to get these names right. You know, they got some mm-hmm. crazy names. <laughs> so, um, Siani Montgomery, Janelle Price, um, Aisha, Waisha Thomas, mm-hmm. Destiny McFall, very, very ultra talented young lady. These all, they are, are. Um, Danae Carter, another uh, young lady going to Mississippi State. Um, Destiny's going to, I believe, Virginia Tech. Um, Daisy Wilson. <clears throat> Daisy Wilson is a young lady that literally participated in my camp. Mm-hmm. And so when she was selected, I had really no part in the selection of the young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a, a, a friend of mine, great, great young lady by the name of, um, I'm sorry, uh, I always get her name messed up, Andrea Peterson. Okay. Petey. Mm-hmm. She's been a phenomenal blessing to me and helping me get these young ladies together to participate in this game. So Daisy Wilson, who played in my camp, uh, probably like when she was in the like fourth grade, um, for several years participated in my camp. Shout out to Daisy, Amaris Baker, um, Kalia or Kalia Myricks, Lucy Olson, Dana Keeper, Manasia Harvey, and we just added the last two: Sanaa Redmond, another very talented young lady, mm-hmm. Division One prospect, or um, and a young lady by the name of Brianna Dodson, who is about six one and. She can really bring it. So I'm excited for these young ladies, man. I, I salute them for becoming Philadelphia All-American. Now, are, are all of these girls high school seniors? Yes. This game is a senior-laden mm-hmm. game. No juniors, no postgraduate um, players that are that may go to prep school next year. Mm-hmm. We wanted to really keep the integrity of this game, and we wanted to feature um, the young men and women that will be um, entering into the college ranks in the fall. Okay. Now, before we jump over to the men and we talk about the people on the men's side, I, like, how hard is it? How hard was it to get a game like this started? Because I mean, people have tried before, and there there've been different leagues, and you know, people go back and forth on how to properly showcase players in Philly. How hard was it for you to organize a game like this? Um. To be quite honest, it wasn't really hard at all. Mm, okay. I mean, I think a lot of things begin with the heart. You know, when you have a heart 
for something and when God gives you a vision and um you just gotta carry it through, man. And um the hardest part of this game for me is the financial part. Because I don't got no eight, nine, ten thousand to, to, to throw out there. Um mm. but I have a heart and a mind and a willingness to sacrifice. And that's mm. I think I think that's one of the things that a lot of people aren't willing to do. You know, um like I told you I do full time ministry. I've been doing a full time ministry since two thousand and three. My last job was separate, you know what I mean? And so God um, touched my heart and, and he called me to a service uh, first to him and of course to humanity. And so with that being said, um, somebody, they lied to me when I believe when I used to go to church all the time, they said, <laughs> it takes money to do ministry. And I learned that it don't really take money to do ministry. It takes a heart. It takes a heart and the calling of God to, to, to put you in a direction and give you a vision. And he gonna send them money. Mm people will will see the vision and um and they'll come and i have a plethora a variety of friends and family who have offered themselves or their talents or their gifts or businesses who are offering product it ain't just about money mm -hmm. but it's it takes a lot to come in and you know i've been up five o'clock every day for the last two or three weeks trying to put this together and my phone when i wake up in the morning i have hundreds and hundreds of text messages and calls and inboxes asking for tickets. Mm -hmm. This thing may be crazy. Um, when God get behind son, you best believe it's going to be awesome. awesome. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an awesome experience for these young people because that's ultimately what it's about. Talking with Coach Stan Laws of the 2021 first annual Philly All-American Game. Just went through all the players that are playing on the women's side. There's two games. There's a women's game. There's going to be a men's game. Let's talk a little bit more about that men's game. Let's talk about who you got coming in. Who who should we be on the lookout for? Oh, my gosh, man. Look out for all these guys. Man. That's number one. <laughs> okay. All these guys are talented in their own right. Um, And I want to give a shout-out to even some of the players who we had on the list that didn't make the game. You know, that mm. actually, that's another tough thing. Because you can't put everybody in a game like this. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we started out with 20 guys, and um, we had, what, 25? I mean, what, 20? Yeah, basically 25 players. And, uh, and we're contemplating adding a 26 just to even out the, the teams. And some people say, well, why you got 26? I mean, why you got 25? Why you got 13 on one team and um, 12 on the other? And sim it's real simple. It ain't that deep. Um, we put out too many invitations. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people went, because you know, when you put out invitations, people mm -hmm. start saying no. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people told us no. Like, you know, I guess they probably don't, don't know this ball here, dude. You know what I mean? Try to give me a play in this game. I ain't never heard no Philly All American game. But guess what? They know now. And they knocking mm -hmm. down the door trying to get in. And with that being said, um, we gave out too many in invitations. And um, some guys called it in the 11th hour and said they wanted to commit to the game. And how can you send an invitation for somebody? to play and then mm -hmm. tell them no can't rescind that and so that's how we ended up with 26 i mean 25 players 13 on one team and 12 on the other and we are thinking about thinking about um adding another player for the um, other team was was it hard uh to decide like who like how did you decide who went to what team was was it all right so again we originally started with 20 guys mm -hmm. so we took a list of about 25 of what we felt were the top guys in the area mm -hmm. and again this is no slight to nobody else there are some very talented young men in the area but we went with the top 20 
So of that top 20, we took 25 that we felt were kind of at the, at, at the upper echelon of high school basketball in the area. We tried to narrow this thing down to 20. So basically, mm -hmm. we had 20 guys that we wanted and five alternates. Mm -hmm. Well, unbeknown to me, five guys were going to prep school. So that dropped okay. us down to 15. Another couple guys um, didn't want to play. That's what we heard. He said mm -hmm. no. So now that's, that's two more. So now we got seven guys who are not going to be able to play in this game. So now we go to our alternate list mm -hmm. and we send out invitations to them. And they say, yeah, you know, hey, look, mm -hmm. might go to junior college. I might go to um, D2. I might go to NAI D3, you know, and they decided they wanted to play in the game. And so um, that's how we got our list. All right. Well, look. Uh, tell, so let's let's get into a little <coughs> bit more. Like who's who you got on this in this men's uh, on this men's team? Seeing a lot of players on on the list. Said you got twenty five guys. Who you got coming in? Well, we had a, what we call a selection show last night, and we listed twenty five guys um, prior to that, and we allow um, we selected two captains, um, Russell Diggins out of um, Archbishop Wood, was heading off to UConn. And um, a Catholic League guy, champion, two-time um, Catholic League MVP. Um, so um, it was a no-brainer naming him captain. Not only that, he's a a, a great young man. Mm. You know, that, that has a lot to do with character is major. I mean, we had some young people in the game that, unfortunately, um, for whatever reasons, we, we couldn't add them because of certain circumstances that I won't, you know, bring up. But but uh, we, we try to select the best kids because – Character is very important for this game as well. You're going to call yourself an All-American, or we're going to call these kids an All-American. Best believe we need to make sure that they are All-American to the truest sense of the term. And so um, we started with Rasul Diggins. Um, and like I said, a phenomenal young man, um, great basketball player, but even a better person. Um, and he's heading off to UConn. Um, and then we started with the other team captain, um, a kid by the name of Wooga, Nassim Poplar. Mm -hmm. a kid from Math, Civic, and Science Charter High School who's heading off in the fall to the University of Miami. So look what we started with. What was that? Big Ten. Ten and ACC. And ACC. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. And um, I, I got to go back to Rasul Diggins for a moment because um, when I reached out to his father and to the young man um, to ask him to play in this game, Without hesitation, he said yes. And that's that's huge in this day and time where a lot of these young kids got very big brains. You can't say certain words because they, they're pausing you on here. <laughs> so, but they got very big brains, mm -hmm. <laughs> big minds, or whatever you want to say. Uh, they uh, and so, but this kid without hesitation said yes. And then I reached out to Nassim Poplar and he said yes without hesitation. These guys are going to some big time institutions and they saying yes to little old me. Well, big old me, I'm like 275. <laughs> but uh, but big old me, yo. And mm -hmm. um, so it was awesome. And once they committed and they sent me their pictures, we posted it, and the other and it just started falling in place. And then of course, when other guys start seeing they wanted to play. So but we, we narrowed the list down. So um Team Sue Diggers consists of um him, of course, Russell Diggins Jr., mm -hmm. um, a kid by the name of Malik Edwards, going to a, a NAI institution in the fall called William Penn University. Very tough 
young man. I believe he's out of, I'm not sure. I want to say um, Bonner, Bonner High School. Mm -hmm. And then we got a kid by the name of Ed Hollis, because who, who, we allowed them to select their teams out of the 25. Okay. So Sue selected a kid by the name of Ed Hollins, 6'6 kid going to the University of Pennsylvania out of Friends Central. Mm -hmm. Very, very talented young man, can play anywhere from the, the wing to, to inside. Um, he'll probably do a lot of wing wing things at the next level. A kid by the name of Munir Newton out of Archbishop Wood, 6'6", um, super elite athlete. Um, he's, he's he's a Division One prospect, and he's undecided. But I'm, I'm looking for him to assign with somebody very shortly. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> a kid from Roselle Catholic um, that is um, – Man, this kid, I mean, if any coaches are still looking, he's undecided, but I'm quite sure he got a lot of irons in the fire. Um, this kid is awesome. Um, Amari Marshall, um, look out for him, but he's currently undecided. A kid out of Father Judge, 5'11", um, Nasir Johnson, score lord. They say this kid get buckets. So <laughs> I'm, I'm looking lord. to see like this. That. You know, I, I didn't really get a chance to see him this year. Mm -hmm. uh, the team didn't really do, do well. But I believe he was third team all Catholic or something like that. And um he's a bucket getter. Mm -hmm. Um Jimmy King, six one out of St. Joe's Prep, heading off to play baseball at Holy Cross, but he's oh, a wow. two sport athlete. Okay. Um and so you know baseball baseball cut the check. So uh, <laughs> I ain't mad yeah. at him if he don't play if mm -hmm. don't play basketball. Um another kid that I grew up watching when he was a youngin', Jalen Stinson, um kid from down the bottom. Uh, Father Marvin Stinson played at um, Dobbins Tech. Okay. You know, I gave him a couple buckets. Mm -hmm. I gave his pop some buckets back in the day. <laughs> no, his pop was a, his pop was a bucket, and, mm -hmm. and, and like they say, the apple don't far fall, fall far from the tree. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. Lord Jay uh, gets buckets, but he's also a, a tenacious defender. I mean, this guy um, played very great on ball defense mm -hmm. um, for what he's heading to James Madison. Division one institution. I believe they are they in Virginia or something like that down there. Oh uh, yeah, I believe mm -hmm. so. Yep. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, James Madison's down in Virginia. Sue mm -hmm. also selected a six-six um power forward out of Newman Garetti High School by the name of Zakir Williamson, another young man who attended my camp when he was younger. Um, I remember Shaq was the little guy, man, and he he's a big guy now. Pause <laughs> too. I got to pause myself. Um, <laughs> um he sent it to the University of Buffalo in the fall, and so I'm excited for Shaq. Um, Taquan Woodley, a kid from Camden um, High School. Um, he's heading off. He originally signed with Penn State, but once they um, got rid of the coach, he um, rescinded his um, his scholarship offer, and um, he's heading out to South Carolina, SEC mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, we got mm -hmm. another guy from Camden, but at Camden Catholic High School by the name of Zach Hicks, 6'8 wing. Can shoot it, can fill it up from the wing. He's headed over there to play for Big Blue. Over there, Aaron McKee at Temple University. Nice. And then we mm -hmm. rounded off, um, and this is not any particular order that um, Sue picked his team, but he got a kid by the name of Stevie Mitchell heading to Marquette, 6'2 guy, 6'2 guard. Can do a lot of things, very special. Um, they got a very formidable team, man. So, yeah. um, we're getting them got their hands full. Sounds so, like it. So, yeah. Um, if you want, I don't know if you want to say anything else, but I can go right into the next team if, if you want me to, real quick. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Oh, so, um, Nassim Pablo again headed six four wing, super athletic. Um, <clears throat> I believe as this kid continues to grow in the game, he's going to, he has opportunity to be a pro. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of these kids have an opportunity to be a pro. And I think a lot of them are going to make some money at the next level. Now, what level it is in the pro ranks, that remains to be seen. But um, this that kid is going to the University of Miami, ACC territory. But he selected a kid that's heading off to Temple University, Newman Garetti, a guard that plays both ends of the floor, Hasir Miller. They call him Fab. And this young man is tough. Now, a lot of people, I've been seeing this young kid. Uh, he literally played for um, I Am Focused Finest AAU team back mm. in back in the day in his younger years, probably when he was about 14, 13, 14. And of course, you know, the vultures grabbed him up. Mm-hmm. And he started playing on some bigger circuits, and he deserved it, you know what I mean, because he got bigger. I mean, you know, yeah. in terms of basketball. Yeah. And a uh, very talented young man, um, Freddie Young Jr., heading to Lincoln University or HBCU. Uh, school, 6-3 out of Trenton Catholic. This kid is tough. He gets buckets. So this game is going to be full of bucket getters. Mm-hmm. We're going to see how it pans out. Um, but we got another kid that's headed to LaSalle University, 6-5. Athletic, you put it up there, he's going to go get it. Deshaun um, Shepard out of Archbishop Woods. So look for him next year over there on, what's that, Alney Avenue. Mm-hmm. Make sure I say it right. Alney Avenue, you know, be like all Alney. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta articulate it correctly because they get on my back. So, um, mm-hmm. a shout out to Deshaun Shepard, six five out of Archbishop Wood, heading to LaSalle University. A kid from Delaware, six three, um, Cecilium. I, I think I said it right. I don't know; it's a tough name to pronounce. Um, Cecilium was Cec- I don't know. I think it's Cecilium uh, or Celiciano. Ce- mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. Um, okay. Six three. He's a two-sport player as well. I think he plays football and basketball. He's undecided currently, but um, he's going to be participating in the game. A so kid. You said he. You said that last kid is from Delaware. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's Delaware. it's it's not just the city of Philadelphia. It, it's no, surrounding area. These kids go to schools in the tri-state area. Okay. Tri-state area. Yes, Philly, Jersey, Delaware. For those out there who don't know what the tri-state area means, you know. Can't mm-hmm. forget, everybody ain't graduate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so yeah, yeah, he's from Delaware, um, and um, he's mm-hmm. gonna come up here and he's gonna gonna put put on a show hopefully. Okay. Um, I seen Wilson, a kid out of Strawberry Mansion High School. This kid led the public league in scoring at twenty eight points a game. Um, he's undecided. He plays football as well. Um, this is a kid that that um I wanted to interject into the game because we started off really focusing on Catholic and public schools in the, in the Philadelphia mm-hmm. area schools. But as we got in the process, we started, you know, branching out. And so I could not, I would be remiss if I didn't have some public league kids in this game mm-hmm. because I'm a public league guy myself, mm-hmm. having coached at Fieri Charter as well as Strawberry Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this kid is tough and the people will see it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who didn't get in the game and, and parents and, 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 and basketball gurus and all that. Is going to come out looking to see with this kid, and I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to disappoint. And he's going he's going to su- surprise a lot of people, man. This kid can play, and he got a lot of heart. He got a lot of heart, and so I look for him to do some some great things in this game. Um, Marcus Randolph, I call him a sharpshooter out of Archbishop Wood. He is heading off to Richmond, Richmond University. I believe okay. they also down okay. in Virginia, right? Yep. Correct yep. me, I don't know. Yep. Yes, um, Richmond this Spiders. kid can shoot it. You you this kid out. Listen, they too many shots. This kid didn't like, and he will pull up in transition. So these guys better get ready. I'm talking about for three. 
Mm-hmm. This kid can shoot the ball flat out, shoot the ball, and he's a little crafty. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be good seeing this young man. Um, Fareed Burton, a six foot guard out of Chester High. Mm-hmm. We, I wanted initially a couple kids from Chester High, but the other kid I couldn't get in contact with. Um, but Fareed Burton uh, reached back out when I gave him an invitation, mm-hmm. and without hesitation, most of these guys without hesitation um, yeah. said yes. And so um, I'm just so blessed to have these young men and women participate and give their commitment to this game. Um, so, but look for Fareed Burton. Um, his brother was tough. Um, he used to play for Chester as well. Um, so um, we're going we're gonna to see what he's going to do in this game. we we'll get some of these top guards. Hunter Healy, 6'8", out of McDevitt, played for Coach Will Chavis. This kid has a scholarship to Bloomsburg University. And the reason why I stress scholarship because some people are getting on my back. Oh, why this guy in the game? Why that? He got a scholarship to mm. play basketball. I don't care how mm. many minutes he played or didn't play or how many points. He got a scholarship and he got some talent. And from my understanding, for the past couple of years, he, he gave Archbishop Wood some problems. Mm. You know what I mean? Nice. And so this mm-hmm. kid can play, man. Six, eight. And you listen, need some size all the time in these mm. games. Absolutely. So can't put all the guards in the game. I know it's a guard oriented game, but wow. <laughs> And we had to put him in. Um, they say his name is Sandin Whistler, but they sent it to me as Whistler Sandin the second. Mm-hmm. This kid is out of um, Paul the Six, I believe, over in Jersey, South Jersey. He's heading to NJIT, a glue guy. I think he averaged about 20-something points a game this year. But he can fill it up. He can defend. Strong, physical, athletic guy. He's going to be a problem in this game. So I look for um, – Whistler Sandin or Sandin Whistler mm-hmm. to play great in this game. So guys, don't think y'all is gonna be sweet. It's just a little, you know, easy sweet game. This guy mm-hmm. coming to play. Um, now see a little. This guy might have the most fans in the game. Mm-hmm. He's out of West Town, which is a great, great program. Yeah. Produce a lot of great, great talent uh, mm-hmm. as of late. Um, he's heading to the University of Albany. Six four uh, wing guard can handle it. Play either position. Um, his family is coming deep. I think they purchased over over thirty tickets. Over thirty tickets. They gonna have their own section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gonna have yeah. their own section. <clears throat> and rounding out the twelfth player for Team Wooga is a six eleven seven foot center out of the Phelps School, mm-hmm. heading off to Memphis University. His oh, name is like Sam Anu. I think I said it right. Mm-hmm. Big fella. Big fella heading down there to play for Penny Hardaway, huh? Yes, yes. So that's the two teams. Again, we may add another kid. We may not. I don't know. But um, I just got to move as the Lord moves me, man, because, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I, like I said, I'm trying to make this day, this event, an experience that these young people will never forget. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you guys are in attendance, you, you're going to see for yourself, you'll be like, wow. Like I said, the people that is rallying to my side to assist me, in a variety of ways, and I'm not just talking about financial. Because every year, I put on a charitable, charitable fundraiser mm-hmm. for my summer mm-hmm. camps, and um, and my goal is one day to make my summer camp totally free. Right now, I charge like sixty dollars a week. You want mm-hmm. for seven weeks? That's not bad at all. Not bad. That's nah, great. That's, yeah. That's yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. My kids don't even play basketball. I'm about to put them in that. <laughs> hey, sit them up. Listen, we got we be having swimming trips. And it ain't just about basketball. I just use basketball as a vehicle to teach life life lessons and, of course, the word of God. But we have a lot of Islamic uh, young people who participate in my program. 
because it's not about religion. I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I believe that God put us here for a purpose, and that's to glorify him and to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters, man. So um, the brotherly love, the Philadelphia All-American game is really not about the geographical area of Philadelphia, mm -hmm. but it's all about having love for our brothers and sisters. All right, real, okay. real quick. So uh, before, uh, I know, Mike, you got a question real quick. just want to put out there, if you want more information on the Philly All-America game, you can call the number that's on the screen right now, 267-819-6682. Talking to Stan Laws of the 2021 Philly All-America game. Go ahead, Mike. All right, so, Coach, question for you. Now, when it actually comes to the game, what can we expect to see on the court? Are, are these guys going to get any chance to try to work together? to build any kind of chemistry before game time, or is it just going to be, we'll see what happens? Well, one of the, the goal is to get the kids, all the kids there early so we can, number one, give them their uniforms and really give them the itinerary for the day. Again, this game is really impromptu. Okay. This is like this spur of the moment. Like this later, this I got to move when the spirits say move, and I got to be a blessing when God say be a blessing. And so um, this game is, is, is coming together, man. I, I, I just can't. I can't really explain it, um, but I think you'll see it all culminating and coming together at the actual event. So we're trying to get the kids there um, before the fans arrive. Okay. So they can get their uniforms, get familiar with the rims, get familiar with the courts, get familiar with the atmosphere, um, and, um, you know, work on their trajectory, you know, the shot, the field, <laughs> you know, all that, mm -hmm. all that stuff that goes into the game. And get so, your depth um, perception in the building. Yes, all that depth, yes. <laughs> You, you, where you coach at? <laughs> uh, I, I let that go a few years ago. But okay, I did okay. Coach a but um, yeah. So um, yeah, we got we're gonna get them there early and um, and just kind of give them an idea of what's going to transpire. We got a great, great festive day for these young people. I'm hoping and praying that when the girls play, I mm -hmm. hope they they looking and watching and their parents watching mm -hmm. that they would stay and support the boys. You know, because a lot of times people bring their kids to events. And once mm -hmm. they get done, they out. This is about brotherly love, man. Mm -hmm. Connecting. I ain't talking about no geographical city. Mm -hmm. I'm talking mm -hmm. about true love, man. True agape love, man. That's why a lot of stuff is messed up now because there's so, no God in it. It's in, all self-inspired. If all you know, if you happen to know one of the guys playing, come early, watch the girls play anyway. Mm -hmm. You know one of the girls right, yeah, playing, yeah. watch come that support, game, stick man. around, watch the guys play, support yes, all the games. Yes. Yep. Yep. So we're gonna have some things and we're gonna be honoring some people. I don't wanna let that cat out of bag out the bag, but we're gonna be honoring some people who are who are worthy, who is worthy of, of, of some type of honor. So um I'm excited about that as well. That's good, that's good. Uh now you got you you got some uh you got four teams. <coughs> you know, two you got four teams, two two women's teams, two men's teams. Who are your yeah. coaches for this uh for the event? The coaches um, for one of the women's teams is Coach Kevin Slaughter. He's a coach at Arton Reed High School. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why he came to mind, because I know people are like, why well, pick him? Or, you know, mm -hmm. you know, all the crazy stuff that people say. This guy is in the trenches with these young girls. Mm -hmm. um, he coached girls basketball at Arton Reed High School. He provides a platform all year long, not just when the season comes. Not when they cutting the stipend and the check because you're the, uh, the, the the basketball coach, but he puts his life and sacrifices himself for these young people, man, girls and boys, but mainly he's with the girls. And I see him year after year uh, honoring his student athletes, getting them in colleges, 
they're going there, they're excelling, they're getting their degrees, they're moving on to four-year institutions, whether they go to junior college or they're getting their um, bachelor's degrees, whether they're going to four-year institutions. So I had to bring that brother in. But I started out with the Newman Garetti coach, um, um, Andrea, I don't know if I'm saying her, Andrea or Andrea Peterson, um, a phenomenal young woman. Um, my daughter actually played at Newman Garetti. And so um, when I reached out to her, again, no-brainer, mm -hmm. yes. And she is has worked alongside of me tirelessly to make this game a reality and to bring in these young people and these young women. And um, I'm excited about this game, man. Y'all just – I'm a little tired physically, but <laughs> I wish I could show y'all what I'm feeling internally. And, and if anybody watching, I'm not going to cry tonight. Because I was on the show the other day, I got a little emotional, and they was they were joking on me about. But I, I wear my I wear my emotions on my sleeve, man. Nothing wrong. I ain't with afraid that. to cry. Man. Uh, passion, passion for what you're doing is a good thing. No Nothing doubt. Nothing wrong no with doubt. that. Nothing wrong with that. All right, before we let you go, just break it down. Let us let everyone know when the game is, how they can get tickets, how they can go, how they can see this. Uh, sounds like a, it sounds like it's going to be a great time. It's a doubleheader, two games, four great teams. How can they see it? Um, May 16th at the Camden Croc Center in Camden, New Jersey, a beautiful facility, very nice, 1865 Harrison Avenue. That's the Camden Croc Center. And if y'all know anything about the uh, Salvation Army and Ray and Joan Croc facilities, they big time. Mm -hmm. So it's a big time facility, a big time atmosphere, a great place to have some high school hoops. Um, it's going to be packed. Um, the first day I put up the tickets for um, the VIP, I had about 10 to 15 VIP tickets. They gone. They sold out. <laughs> I also posted um, floor seating. 50 of them. 70 of them, I'm sorry. They're gone. Sold out already. So the only thing left is general admission, which is the bleachers. I got to say the bleachers because I posted the word stands and people was calling me like, look, I'm not trying to stand up the whole time. Like, <laughs> it's not, stands with an S meaning mm. it's, it's, maybe it's, I'm too old. There are actual places to sit. I, mm -hmm. You will be able to sit down. Don't worry. Right. I would have understood. Yeah. So, um, but there are about 300 um, bleacher seating, stand seating. Mm. And I'm say about a hundred and something is gone. All so right, folks so better call and get their tickets, 267-819-6682. And watch this. I'm available 24 hours. Oh, boy. All right. But guess what? Mm -hmm. I can say that because that's what my ministry is based on. Mm -hmm. I do full-time ministry. So sometimes I'm, I'm laying in the bed. I get calls 2, 3, 4 in the morning for prayer, mm -hmm. a biblical question or whatever. I got to be ready to serve. I so um, this is a service for me. You know what I mean? So, but. Tickets are still available. Call. It's paperless tickets, so you have to call. Um, you can cash app on the ticket. $15. That's it. $15. And it's really a donation. So this is a charitable fundraiser for Christian Outreach Fellowship Association and Christian Sports, mm -hmm. which is my nonprofit charitable organization. We are 501c3 qualified, so every donation is tax deductible. And um, you can look us up. But um, $15, call the number. You can buy as many tickets that, that, that's available. And your name and, will be on the list if you come to the door. And Unless just so anybody knows. Still available, mm -hmm. 
You will not get in if your name is not on the list. Oh, okay. okay. J- just so anybody knows who's coming to the games, we are requiring masks, following COVID protocols, all that good stuff, trying Temperature to be safe checks. out here. Mm-hmm. Everybody going to get some, get, get some uh, hand sanitizer, all that good stuff. We're mm-hmm. going we to we try to be as safe as possible. So but good. more importantly, mm-hmm. we want to have fun and enjoy this, this game of basketball that we all love. All right, all right. One more time, that was Stan Laws, Coach Stan Laws. From the, uh, the Camden Monarchs, talking about the 2021 Philly All-America game. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Thank you. It sounds like it's going to be a great event. Hey, I know down the line you're going to have your summer uh, basketball camps. Man, please come back, hang out with us for another e- uh, another evening, and we can talk about that as well. And before we go, I want to let y'all know. So my media list is full, mm-hmm. but I saved the spot for you guys. So appreciate talking about let me know and i got you guys on the media on the media roster and um hopefully you guys can come out and if you want to support if anybody want to donate mm-hmm. call that number as well man um, there you go you know we need all that we can get because again it's for these kids the all freshness right. will be sold um if you want to vent call me 267 again the number's on the screen 819-6682 i look forward to seeing everybody there and um, i'm excited for these young people man and remember my motto is we're blessed to be a blessing. And the Philly All Philly Philadelphia All American game is where national attention begins at home. Nice. Nice. There you go. There you go. Once again, one more time for Stan Laws. May 16th, 2021, Philly All America game. Make sure you check that out. Coach, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, remember, you can tell us what you think of the show. Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports or Jonesy and Brown. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You feeling this podcast? To hear this more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.